0: Well, hello and welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast, a podcast designed for small churches.
1: Really small churches.
0: The Everyday Church.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's do that. Well, welcome to our podcast. Um, glad that you've joined in. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of why we are doing what we're doing. This podcast is designed for pastors and leaders of churches that have grand dreams to be amazing churches, but are right now... Uh, in their local congregations, serving, doing everyday stuff.
1: And because the everyday church is around about 60 to 80 people in Australia. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty similar in other places of the world. Mm. And so we thought we would do um, a podcast for those people who kind of sit in that demographic. Yeah, yeah. Because all the other podcasts are mega churches and uh, we didn't find that particularly helpful. So I'm Barry. And I'm Jordan. And it's great to have you along today. What are we going to talk about Today, young Jordan.
0: Well, in episode 20, first off, episode 20, 20, that, that's a whole new number. That's pretty cool. It's a new number every week, but 20 means that we're, you know, we're really seasoned and experienced podcasters now. How does it feel?
1: Well, uh, hopefully, this one we're not sounding underwater.
0: We've worked pretty hard.
1: <laughs> I've worked really hard. I've worked hard than encouraging you Yeah, to work you hard. have, man. It's been wonderful. <laughs> So, uh, what are we going to talk about in our 20th podcast?
0: 20th podcast, we have titled it as The Line in the Sand.
1: And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, before our podcast began, I asked you the question, Baz, and the question was, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago what you know now, what would be the one thing, the one lesson that you would want to tell yourself to grow and to... you, You think this would be the thing that would have helped your ministry more than anything? And what did you say?
1: Well, I said that I would um, be far more direct in what I want people to do okay. uh, and far more uh, gracious in allowing them to get there. And so to reinforce a standard I think right from the beginning is what I want so put a line in the sand and say people this is where we're going this is this is the standard that we're gonna meet and how we're gonna do business how we're Mm -hmm. gonna lead worship how we're gonna preach all those sorts of things and uh, let's encourage everyone to reach that standard Mm -hmm. Uh, on the flip side of that of course if you do a hardline, you know standard Um, then people um, can feel really disenfranchised. So it's that real balance of encouraging people in ministry. Because I've been here 10 years, just about to move on, which is uh, exciting and sad all at the same time, and we might explore that at another time. But when I came here, we were quite resource, people resource poor. We had a little bit of money, but... um, not particularly uh, a lot of people to mm. do any and and for a congregation i really had to encourage them to give it one more go they're all over 65 yeah yeah i had to say let's wind up this energy one more time mm. and see what god wants to do and and so i had to be really gentle and really kind and and yeah. and pour a lot of energy into myself but one of the things i think looking back on is i didn't go Okay, here's the standard that we're going to set and let's set it at the beginning and let's encourage everybody up to that mark.
0: Yeah, I think that's key, encouraging people up to the mark. Because if you set the standard and you say you have to be this tall to ride the ride and you're not that tall so you can't jump on board, that you will lose people guaranteed. And I think in this process of setting standards, you will lose people. Because people don't really, I think even listeners today would say the word standard isn't really put in their church context either. It's kind of an interesting word. It's almost a bit of a, a corporate word, not really a church word. Um, but those two, I think, are colliding more and more these days. But we, we want to try to encourage people that the standard is a standard of excellence. Because I think every church wants to be excellent at what they do, and they want to be God-glorifying at what they do. But they want to make it achievable as well. So how, how would you have... Um, uh, obviously you would have set standards, what would have been some areas in particular that you would have liked to have set a standard a little bit more firmly than what mm-hmm. you have? So the
1: interesting thing is I actually repel against you using the word excellence. Oh really? And, and yeah, so, so there's something inside of me that comes up and go. well, you know, um, it's not about being excellent, it's about being faithful. Oh, okay. But at the same time I do want a standard, so there's a little yeah. bit of conflict going on. <laughs> Inside of me, as we speak, but <laughs> I, th- I think one of the things that um, that I would have started w- with is that in the United Church, you don't necessarily get to choose your leaders. They they get appointed by council uh, by the congregation, and yeah, anyone yeah. can, if they're a member of the church, anyone can put their name forward, and it can be a bit of a popularity vote. Yeah, and I think from the very beginning, uh, one of the things I would do is say, if you want to be a leader in the church and you want to put your name forward. Here are some of the things that I expect for that to be accomplished. Now, I didn't do that at the beginning. I just kind of worked with the people that I did. And I I thought I could just encourage them and (coughs) disciple them and they would meet that. But really, I needed to articulate it at the beginning and say, this is kind of my expectations. Now, the congregation still has to vote, but everyone who put their name forward... I would, now I'd probably go and meet with them and say, this is my expectation if you're going to accept wow. this nomination to be a leader of the church. So, for instance, I would expect every leader to tithe. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you can ask anybody else in the congregation to tithe if your leaders aren't tithe. Yeah,
0: well, that's uh, good. You know,
1: if they're not being generous with their finances, how can we expect anybody else to be generous? Mm. Expecting to put church as a high priority, and they like the worship service of church to be yeah, at a high priority, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that they they come to things. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'd put that line there mm. that they have to be an example of what it means to be a mature Christian in faith. Wow, you know, so that they uh, seek forgiveness quickly, that they um, want to um, encourage other people in the gifts. It's not just about them and what they do, but it's about other people as well. Mm. You know, that's just a couple of things that I'll do. I'll do a whole lot more, but a couple of things that I'd want to sit down with leaders and say, thank you for putting your name forward. Mm. But now you've got to understand, this is the standard that I expect if you were right, a leader. Right.
0: And what, what, what a creative way as well to actually address an issue. Um, and it's not necessarily a huge issue within the United Church. The process we have gives great discernment from the whole body, mm. Really. But with that also then allows a lot of people to, th- to put their name forward full without fully understanding what it means to be a leader. And there are some presumptions that being um, an elder or a council member in a few churches would be that you attend the meetings and you make some decisions on some stuff. And that is the bare minimum. That is like the bottom of the barrel of what, it, what an actual council member should be doing within the church. So what a great... Um, great piece of insight that actually, well, if we can't control the process of who gets elected, we can certainly set the bar higher of what it means to be in that position. That's right. So, Barry, then, in that, how would you uh, then go about dealing with the members of your church leadership that were already in their positions as you were thinking through adding these standards in? How do you work with who you've got as you set it for those that are to come? So, for instance, if you needed a new council member and you wanted to set a new standard for that for the election process, How you can't obviously have a standard for a new person and everyone else gets this kind of relaxed standard. How do you set it with those that you have first so then you can set it with those that are to come?
1: Well, I think it's about um, uh, getting them to agree to the standard.
0: Okay, so you propose um, it to
1: them. Yeah, well, I mean, if uh, I can't, as a minister in the United Church, just come canch blanche and say, this is the standard... You've got to meet it. I don't have that authority. In fact, in the United Church, the ministers have absolutely no authority whatsoever. But that's what true. I can do is propose to the existing council that these standards are, mm-hmm. and if they didn't feel that they could meet those standards, that maybe they should consider resigning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay.
1: And if they could meet that standard, then God bless them and thank you very much. But they actually, as a group, agree that that's the standard now you'll see pretty quickly those people Mm. who would struggle with the standards because they would arc up and then go, well, what about, and what about, and what about, and uh, I'm not sure that I could commit myself to that. And you go, well, Mm. if you can't, well, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, wow. And
1: so it's actually not about me telling people off. It's about me encouraging them to see what a what a mature follower and leader of Christ is about yeah. and then them self-judging themselves uh, mm. in that way instead wow. of me judging them. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And hopefully that's that's pretty insightful for other church leaders that are listening in today. If you are just a council member and elder of your church and and you think maybe the standard needs to be lifted, you can you can be the person that leads up to mm. your pastor or to your council group. And if you are the pastor, well, I know straight away I've already had food for thought with that and I need to apply even some of that to my thinking. What are some other areas, Barry? And does this principle of, of, of setting the standard, of getting the existing members to approve the standard and then, and then setting it for those to come, does that apply to other areas of the church or do you need to tweak it?
1: Uh, look, I, I, think, I think it applies to um, quite a few areas of the church and I think you need, to, you need to pick the areas that you think you're going to have the most Impact yeah. uh, on changing culture. So obviously your Sunday celebration mm. is um, your very public face of the church, and you need to um, perhaps look at how that comes together. And that's tricky. You might have a, an organist who doesn't even believe in God playing the organ and piping in, and really Literally, struggling. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you might have um, you might have all sorts of uh, other people who uh, are culturally. Um, embedded within the life of the celebration but yet not fully um engaging and and in a relationship with christ and so you've got to look at ways in which to do that and now that takes an incredibly large amount of strength mm. and you need to counsel behind you 100 percent to do it um, because um you're going to put people offside yeah yeah you know mm. and so uh, you've got to be really careful and really know which one's going to make the most different mm. uh, most difference because you're going to cop some flack yeah so um, but once you get the momentum ball rolling then um, then it starts to become a bit more of a norm and you can move through it mm. one of the difficulties of course is that um, that if you come from a smaller church say 30, Uh, up to 60, 70 people, Mm. you might not have a large pool of people (laughs) in which you can actually filter out. I mean, that's the blessing of a large church. You've got a large pool of people in which you can uh, put your team on the floor with. Mm. But if you're only going with a small group of people, then your options are quite uh, limited. And so you might need to um, continue to disciple people and encourage that leadership to be where you want it to be over a period of time.
0: Wow, what, what a challenge though as well. though. What a, what a conundrum leaders can be in though when they want to strive for whatever word you want for your Sunday services, whether it's excellence or whether it's just awesomeness or whatever you kind of want to achieve for your Sunday services. Um, and if you're in a resource-poor congregation, you either will lose your preachers because they're not to a standard that you think they need to be and either they'll all leave or stop preaching and still attend and then all the weight's on you. And I guess as a leader, as you engage in, in, in this, be prepared. Are you able to, one, meet the standard yourself? And two, can you do it consistently enough if all your lay preachers fall off the perch and you're, you're the only one doing it? Well, that, that's a huge challenge. But obviously, you need to have a conviction as a leader that whatever we do, it's worth it. It has to be worth it, and it is, it is the thing that's going to aid us achieving our goals as a church. I think that will bring about the passion and the excitement that you need to continue that on. And
1: this is where training becomes really important. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not enough churches, I think, uh, particularly small ones, concentrate on training. Mm-hmm. Uh, big ones tend to do it because they're always injecting new people in and wanting to do things. But smaller churches, this is one of the things along with discipleship, that can really drop off the bad wagon. And and when you get into the rotation of that, um, you know, that maintenance mode of it just being about the worship service on a Sunday, mm. then training is. But if you're wanting to set a standard, put a line in the sand and saying, this is where we're going to try and get to, mm-hmm. then, then training is your way when you've got low resources of people uh, but you want to meet a standard. Wow. So um, I used to try and do it all myself, but I'm changing that thinking now. I think bring people in from the outside, yeah. get your lay preachers together, get someone from uh, another church or another college or a college person, a Theo college person to come in mm. and to do a workshop with them. And and basically say, if you're not prepared to come to the workshops, then I'm not going to give you a slot wow. to preach. yeah. yeah. But if you want to come and you want to learn and grow, then I will make a way from you. And and the same with your leadership people. You bring in people to go, okay, this is how Uniting Church or whatever church normally does a meeting. These are the things that we actually need to Mm -hmm. dot our T's, dot our I's and cross (laughs) our T's with. And so get other people in to upskill people yeah, yeah and so it's not just you demanding a standard of any kind but it's actually saying this is actually the norm for mm. a healthy mm. church yeah and and even this dude from down the road agrees with it yeah. so um so I, I think in the past i've tried to do that all myself but now i think i'm getting to the point where i go even though i know a lot that outside voice is a powerful tool
0: that's incredible wow and I think I'm seeing even our, in our conversation today, there's quite a blur between what we're talking about here with drawing a line in the sand and also our conversations on vision and culture. There were two separate episodes we did, you know, all those 20 episodes ago.
1: <laughs> all those are 16, I think, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and and it, was, it was, it was a conversation and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, our audio quality in the beginning was far better than in the middle. Have a listen to that um, because we talked about what are the things that your churches are doing now that are inhibiting your desires for the future. I think that's what we're seeing here is where does the standard need to be lifted because where it is now isn't reaching what we need it to reach. So if our preaching is flat, you need to set a standard to increase it because preaching the word is a powerful element in your Sunday worship. Mm. If your council or your leaders or your elders aren't communicating well, then your communication needs to be increased. That standard needs to be increased because a poorly communicated eldership is going to crumble the church a divided house can't stand and it's it's that's crucial so i think as a leader you've got to look into where are the issues and then the the big issue is (laughs) when you find a huge list of issues how do you appropriately not bombard people with all the issues but choose then the top four or the top three and address them slowly because if not everyone's going to walk away thinking wow Everything we're doing is wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you, and you don't want to give them that impression, but you want to give them the impression that to be a growing church, the people need to be growing themselves. Yeah, yeah, and so they're going to be open to change. They're going to be open to uh, learning how to do things at a higher level. Yeah. It's not all about that, but it it will just help set the stage for the next growth, mm, mm. if you have it. And you're right, you've got to pick three or four key things that you think will make the most amount of difference mm. and you concentrate on those things and then um, and then work through the other list a little bit later. Yeah.
0: There's there's a story um, that I heard on, on the Kerry Newhoff podcast, actually, that really has just sat with me for a long time. It was a conversation that he had with a key leader of a church and what was fascinating about it was that uh, they were talking and now this guy is a new campus pastor. Like he is leading a congregation that is off the hub of the, the center church. And he said within six months of being there that he was asked to serve in a really quite a quite a full-on way. The standards were really high. But it was in fact that the standards were high that he was so drawn to it because he was a high caliber leader mm. that was destined to be a pastor of a church. And it got me thinking, I wonder whether we have actually made possible great leaders lazy because we haven't given them a standard to reach. That people actually desire to grow, but if our standard is so low and they already meet it naturally, it's going to be very hard for them then to want to go above the standard. So I think as a church, we need to lift the bar in a graceful way and give people the opportunity to say, well, you're not tall enough to to, to ride the ride just yet. But here are some steps to get there. Here is some training that we we want you to look at. Here are even some books to read um, or a podcast to listen to. But take these steps because we want you to be there. I think we don't want to see our lay preachers or our council members or people feel discouraged but to feel empowered that we as a church one step at a time are moving towards being awesome. Moving towards being the church that we know that we're supposed to be and we've got to work towards it. So I think that's going to be Uh, really encouraging and I hope uh, today that as we've discussed this it's kind of stirred something up within you if you're kind of wondering what is the everyday church podcast it's just a conversation that's supposed to stir something within you to allow you to see things differently within your ministry so we hope today you've been blessed by the conversation that maybe you'll be able to start drawing some lines um, in regards to where your standards are as a church because I know and we know that a, a church that has great vision that has great culture that has high standards will be a church that will achieve great things,
1: and and you'll attract great people. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you were talking about this, Geordie, uh, I was just thinking that we don't we don't do that with our young people enough either. No. We we think that um, we think that we should set the bar low. I actually think with this new generation of Gen Zs that are coming through, yeah. we need to put the bar high. Yeah, because I think they respond to that, and that might be an, another podcast for another day, but. Um, but as we go forward, there's no doubt that uh, as the churches live and breathe, we've got to uh, demand a, a culture of excellence, even though I hate that word. I'm so glad you said that. That's um, great. <laughs> and, and demand a standard from our people, not because we want to be mean, but it, because people's lives are at stake. You know, the, the Eternal lives are at stake. And, uh, and a healthy church that knows the standards... means that people will meet them more often
0: wow wow and i think that's our focus i i pray that is your focus that you're not looking at one just how to care for the people inside your church that the standards that you set the training that you do the discipleship that you focus on is a blessing to the church but more importantly is a blessing to those that aren't here yet that we all as in the everyday church every church has empty seats and we are trying to fill those seats with god-fearing believers That's our desire as a church. So don't get caught up thinking that you're the bad guy when you set these standards. No, no, no. What you are doing is preparing a way for people to enter into a vibrant community of faith and how you lead now will determine those that walk into your church a month, a year, a decade down the track.
1: Well, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to the Everyday Church podcast where we uh, celebrate the Everyday Church, hopefully empowering you guys into what God has for you. So until next time, catch you later.